My guest today is a really good friend of mine. I met him in 2009 uh, when, when we were both going in with the Mike Barber Ministries. He is the outreach pastor at Eagle Mountain International Church. He works with the Disaster Relief for Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And just an incredible, all-around, amazing man of God. Uh, today, we're going to do a background check on Brian Sanders. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead, check my background. My name is Jaden Gum, and this is Background Check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving felon, so tell them that I won't back down now. You can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to Background Check. Hey everyone, welcome to Background Check Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Gum, and uh, we believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It should pay you back. That's right, we're always, always brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. We're also brought to you by Clarity Roofing and Solar. Visit them today. My buddy Joe Madero is a great friend. They love second chances. Uh, he's just an amazing guy. They also put on a good roof. And they just sold me our solar panels. So if you're in the market for a roof or solar, and why wouldn't you go for solar? It's incredible. You can own your uh, your own own your own electricity, uh, and 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 produce it, and then sell it back to the grid. That's what we're doing, and we're having a great time. Uh, call Joe today at four six nine three eight six nine one one six. Call Joe at four six nine three eight six nine one one six. Or visit him on the web at clarityroofingandsolar.com. Tell him Jay sent you from Background Check Podcast, all right? Um, man, this is, uh, it's been a great week. I hope you guys uh, were encouraged by the check-in guest. Tuan, did y'all enjoy the, 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 the guest check-in? Um, I tried to get him to do it by himself, but he's like, no, let's do it together. So it was, it was fun having him in town. And uh, he's actually, we recorded an episode too. So he's going to be coming up in a couple weeks with the new episode and uh, we chop it up and we, we talk some about just crazy things. Anyway, um, today, uh, I want y'all to be in prayer. I know I've been saying this for a long time, but we have two serious properties that we are looking at. Uh, everyone trying to come to the halfway house, the transitional house, uh, don't fret. We haven't been able to take anybody new in a while because of the city of Dallas uh, having two homes and having to register as boarding home and all this stuff. But we have found a spot that has enough on the property has a main main house guest house and we are going to be registering as a boarding home with dallas and we're going to be good so we're going to be able to fill up the house again but not for a couple months until we move all right so y'all hang tight be praying for that house the new house that we're getting be praying for it that we have the money that comes in to uh to get into it also a building half a mile down the road is what we're looking for for the resource center michael etchison um up there in Northeast Correctional Center in Missouri. You don't know what you did when you spoke that 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 brick story. Uh, the one we're looking at is actually a two-story, um, but uh, the the buildings right there did used to be schools, so it's it's kind of crazy. So keep doing what you're doing, listen to the Holy Spirit, and speaking when you when you need to. But anyway, uh, those are the updates, man. Um, Whew, yeah, so me and the, a couple board members and some other people are going to look at the actual resource center building. It's half a mile down the road from the new house that we're going to be in. So I think it's just uh, an amazing. And listen, if you want to partner along with us, uh, we need some help. We need some financial help. We need some uh, budget help. And uh, we need to raise some money. And so uh, our budget is about to double. So we're, we're like $10,000, $12,000 a month is about to go to where we, we need twenty twenty four thousand dollars $24,000 a month. So uh, if you know of any businesses that want to help partner with us, let us know, man. That could be a sponsor of the show, whatever. So, uh, hey, I got some shout-outs. James, James Willis. James Willis. Let's see where you're at. You're at Cofield Unit. All right, Cofield. What's up, Cofield? Uh, James, thank you. Yes, and we, we do have um, – thank you for the Scripture verses. Thank you uh, for all the, uh, the uh, suggestions, I think, for uh, the show. We actually have a couple of those that you already suggested on our list to call and ask. So uh, thank you, man, for um, for writing in. David Cup, man, I know you really didn't mention the podcast, but if you're listening to it, um, thank you for your letter, man, and, and we're going we're gonna to get you an application. 
Uh, let me see here. Who's this? Uh, oh, William, right? William? No, Wilbert. Wilbert Matlock used to be at the East Texas Trans uh, Transitional. East Texas, uh, I forgot what ETTF means. <laughs> My mind just went blank. William, uh, yes, you prayed that prayer to do God's will, and he sent you somewhere else. That story is as old as time and as old as the, the Old Testament and New Testament. God is just, his ways are higher than our ways. But hang in there, bud. I believe that what, what God had you doing at the uh, East Texas Treatment Center, uh, he's going to he's gonna do even more. He's going to do it at the Cthulhu unit. All right. So what's up, Cthulhu, everybody? Um, so, uh, yeah, hang in there, William. Or Wilbur. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep saying William. There's another guy named William. Um, so, Wil Wilbert, thank you, man. You're going to be fine, dude. I, I promise. Uh, let me see our next shout out. Uh, T Tyler. Oh, gosh. Tyler. Dude, you rock my world, man. You, it was a short letter, but it was sweet. And uh, thank you for the uh, thank you for the donation, bro. Um, man, uh, I'm gonna pray back on you that that yeah. So anyway, I love your little love your letter, man, and I appreciate you. I know you said go Cowboys from the LeBlanc, LeBlanc unit, but dude, go Steelers. All right, uh, appreciate you, man. Um, so keep going strong at the LeBlanc unit. Who we got next? We got Rick Pooler. Rick, thank you for your story, man. Uh, you bless me, man. You bless me. And I appreciate you, um, uh, the kind words you said about the podcast as well. Keep spreading and sharing the word and hang in there. Uh, it's going to be all right. George Cook from Mansfield, Ohio. Wow. We I think this is our first letter from somebody in Ohio. So, George Cook, thanks for writing in, man. And, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll try to get you some information soon, guys. Again, remember, I'm the only one that works for our organization right now. We don't have any staff. We don't have anybody to respond. So just hang tight when it happens. Um, we'll, we'll get somebody. Um, John uh, Nava, we're going to get you an application. All right, man, I don't know if you're listening. I don't know if the Fort Stockton unit has has them, but uh, we'll get you an application, John. I know uh, Beto, I mean, I think uh, Yuri from the Beto unit, uh, formerly from the Beto unit, uh, told me about you. So we'll get you something. All right, man. Uh, thank you guys for writing in. Listen, if you're a new unit in Texas, we're trying to see who all, who all were, uh, were, uh, online, what, what units are online. So man, if you, and if I, if you wrote in and, and I didn't get around to your shout out, don't worry. Uh, sometimes we go through the old letters and, and we'll give double shout shout outs. And so, um, but just keep, just write us in humbly. Tell us what the, uh, if a specific episode impacted your life and, uh, you know, and we'll get you a shout out. All right. We love all y'all. We want to make sure we do all this, but we also want to make sure we steward our time well. And, uh, and don't worry when we get the resource center open here, uh, soon, we think, we think, um, the planning of it is really, really neat. And the building that we we're looking at now is just really getting us excited. So, um, uh, we'll, we'll have somebody to respond to everybody by mail or e-messaging. All right. So I want to get to the podcast today. The episode, man, is a good friend of mine. His name is Brian Sanders. He's the outreach pastor for Eagle Mountain International Church. And he's also the um, uh, works for the disaster relief for Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And so he's been with KCM a long time. He's He's been, uh, he worked with Brian. I mean, he worked with Mike Barber Ministries for a very long time. That's how he and I met. We met in in uh, on a weekend, I believe, uh, might have been the hobby unit, hobby Marlin unit back in the day. And, um, but he's just been a great friend all these years. And I, I mean, we've tried to help the same people together through the transitional house and, and, you know, to see his big heart, to see his grace, his love, his mercy, uh, inspires me because there's times where he wants to keep helping somebody. And I'm like, oh, you know, we've given him four chances, you know, I'm done. Uh, and he just finds a way to say, you know, let's do it again. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. Uh, I love him to death. I love his family. He's got an amazing family, wife and kids, grown kids, and uh, they're doing great things for the kingdom of God as well. And uh, so let's get to it, man. This is uh, this is a background check on my good friend, Brian Sanders. Y'all enjoy the show. Brian Sanders, welcome to Background Check Podcast. Jay, it, Jay Dan, it's great to be here. Have you ever had a background check done on you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, did you pass? Um, I did, you know, and uh, actually because I do, uh, I'm involved with uh, our youth here on campus, uh, it's actually one of my favorite things to do. Uh, they do a background check because okay. uh, we got to keep these kids safe. And That's right, that's right. Now, when, now let's just uh, segue into that. When you do a background check on somebody, what are you looking for 
in a background check? Well, you know, uh, what are the, you making sure that there's that you don't find in the background? Um, you know, everyone has a background and, uh, uh, sometimes they're not as good as they need to be, depending on the level of uh, uh, the situation that they may be going into. You know, I think of our kids and, uh, you know, sometimes our path is not the uh, the best fit for somebody to yeah. be ministering right. with kids. Absolutely. And so uh, we want to make sure that uh, whoever we have ministering to them, uh, uh, they're, they're safe, especially Absolutely. the kids. Absolutely. Um, but... Uh, uh, you know, so you're making sure they're safe by making sure there's nothing in somebody's past or background that is violent of sexual nature or right. any, pretty much anything bad. Yes. Right. So, uh, and that's to protect the people that you serve. And that's, that's, that's important. And that should be, um, that should be done. Some other areas that people do background checks are for jobs. Um, yep. and, and, you know, I, I can't work at my nursery in the church because of my felony. Now they trust me. But I'm not going to put my church yeah. in a position where if yeah. something does happen and there's a felon working in the nursery, you know, that looks bad on the church, you know, and so I'm not I'm not right. going to work it. Um, but, uh, you know, we get guys out of prison all the time. You know, I mean, when you when you live with a felony, life is all about it's the different. background. check. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, we have to navigate everything uh, but, through the background. check. You know, when you mention that, especially uh, with guys that have come out. Uh, they don't need to be afraid of that either. And uh, what we've learned is just be open, be honest. Yep. You know, uh, hey, listen, I, I, I've been through this. This was my life, but that's different, and in, in including you. Yes. You know, your ministry, forgiven felons, it's it's forgiven. It's First it's John 1, 9. We acknowledge the past, the yes. felon word, but we 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 recognize our, our present and our future with the word forgiven. Absolutely. And like you, I've heard you say this and so many others, that person's dead. Yeah. You know, in Christ Jesus, that old man is dead, and this new man is a completely different thing. So, um, you know, one of our mottos is your background shouldn't hold you back, it should pay you back. Yeah. And one of the things uh, that I think keeps people like myself, people that you've ministered to all these years, um, from, from allowing our background to pay us back is the fact that it is such a negative thing that, that, it can it can weigh on our psyche. It can sure. weigh on us mentally, emotionally, make us depressed. Because again, if we go to job after job after job, and we can ban the box all we want off the application, but you, if they hire you because right. they don't know and there was no questions about it, then they do the background check. It's still going to show up, and then a lot of guys get fired because of it, and they just get so down about their background. But I tell them. I tell them, you have to look at your own background. If you want something, somebody across the desk from you to look at your background differently, you have to look at it differently. Absolutely. So, you know, in our in our intro song, it says uh, to help people not be afraid to say, go ahead, check my background. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. You know, I mean, I don't like what I did in the past, but right. let me tell you who I am now. And uh, Jesus did background checks. Yeah. I, I'm remembering a person that got out of uh, prison and he realized that the first thing that he had to do was get a job. So every day he would get dressed, and he would dress with his best. And then when he would have interviews, he would get there early. He said, you know what? I've got a background, but yet I will be your best employee. And he had already changed his mindset. And uh, he said, just give me the opportunity. And, uh, you know, I, I, I look at it this way. A yes today is simply, I mean, a no today is simply a yes tomorrow. And uh, even if you did get a no, it's not a definite. Yeah. And so you just got to be persistent. And inside of that, Jay, uh, Jay Dan, when I, when I was thinking of this is that, you know, for a lot of people, they deal with condemnation. And they, they, they tie that into the fact that, they let their background dictate too much of their future. And so, you know, if they tell you no, all right, the next person is going to tell you yes. You just keep trying. You can't give up. And that's the key. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I try to do with CEOs, uh, HR people that hire, hire people, is I try to educate them too. You know, look, if you have the space and the ability to hire felons and you just constantly tell them no because they have a background, um, there's a better way. You know, these people yeah. made a mistake. And if you're looking for a certain quality in your company 
and a person comes up with a background and you you immediately see he has something in his past and you disqualify him because of that without talking about his uh, what his production for the company could be or his contribution to the company and how much of an asset it could be you're really you're really not doing yourself a, a service you know like i said earlier jesus did background checks mm-hmm. he knew the backgrounds of every single one of the Absolutely. people the 12 he was closest to he hired a murderer yeah he let a murderer walk with him and say come sh- come spread the gospel with me uh, he a liar you know peter mm-hmm. was a liar judas he knew judas was a thief but he said, "Come work with me. Come spread the gospel with me." And I, you know, of course, he had some other people that you know were, were yeah. pristine, clean. You know, John the Beloved and all those. Mm-hmm. And you need both of those. I think the kingdom of God needs both of those. And even though somebody might come to a church and like me, I can't work in the nursery, but there's other places in the in the church that I can be of service. Absolutely. And uh, so you know, a lot of churches, as soon as they find out one thing negative about a guy, sometimes they will, unfortunately, sometimes they will just say, "No, you can't come here at all." But, um, you know, uh, but I, I appreciate who you are. Um, tell everybody how we met. Well, actually, um, we met in prison. And, uh, uh, but the meeting of prison, we had both different paths. Uh, by choice, uh, you could say this, and, and necessary wasn't your choice, but by choice, we decided we were going to prison. Um, in your case, uh, it was a choice to do things that you shouldn't have done, uh, which led you to prison. Uh, in my case, uh, one day, um, it was our pastor right here on campus, and we were on the campus of uh, Eagle Mountain International Church, Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And Pastor George said, I need some men to go to prison with Mike Barber Ministries because Brother Copeland was speaking at the Cofield unit, and that was back in 1993, almost November of this coming year will be 30 wow. years of uh, me going into to prison and being uh, a part of what God is doing in the prisons. And so uh, as a result of that, uh, uh, I, n- I don't remember what year it was, but our past crossed in prison. 2000, probably 2009 is when I first started going in. And yeah. I think the hobby unit, uh, the hobby unit weekend oh, wow. was one of the first in 2009 that I went in. Yeah. And that, that blew me away because I mean, he, me and Mike know, knew each other forever. Mm-hmm. So just, I, I didn't, I never knew the guys he worked with, but me and Mike had known each other forever. And so, um, but yeah, man, it was, it was, that was, um, I don't, so what year was it? You Ni- started? 1993. So you started in 1993. How long had Mike been going? Uh, 10 years before that. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so wow. he'd been at it for a while, but so what know, did you think about all those inmates when you got in? Well, actually, um, the reason why uh, Brother Copeland was going because Mike got a call from the warden saying, uh, "I need some help in this prison." Uh, they had been on lockdown; uh, the, the prison was chaotic. Um, uh, in fact, when we got there, uh, the warden pulled us into a side room, which was kind of unusual for the warden to be right. there, and he said, "Man, I am so thankful." that you guys have come here. I've asked Mike to come. We're going to put up the tent. Uh, we're going to meet. And actually, we're going to let uh, the inmates come out for the first time in, I believe it was over a month that they'd been locked down. Wow. And, he, and, and he said this, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I am thankful you, you're, gonna, you're here. But if something does happen, <laughs> and it, note these next words, uh, you just hit the ground, keep your head down, and we'll sort you out later. <laughs> I mean, those were the first words I heard from this pris- uh, from the the, the warden. Yeah. But, um, let me just back up because you know every uh, time we go into prison, whether you've been in once or a hundred times, uh, Mike Barber Ministries, uh, Mike does a do's and don'ts. Yeah. And and in those do's and don'ts, they they go over what you should do, what you shouldn't do. But there was something that Mike said that day that just kind of like sat in my spirit. Yeah. He said, when you go into this prison, you'll see Jesus. And I, I mean, just I heard that, but I didn't realize what was fixing to happen. And so when I got in there and I heard what the warden said, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what have I got myself into? <laughs> um, I got assigned to SAG, which is not a normal thing for a new person, first time into prison. Now, I've, I've done jail ministry before, but nothing like what Mike does. Right. Um, and uh, 
when we got there, there was trash everywhere. You could tell the guards didn't want you there. Uh, the inmates didn't really care. They were, you know, it, it was a typical one of those movie scene type scenarios. It stunk. It was dirty. Uh, in, in this particular prison, uh, the Cofield unit, the old part of it is all uh, metal doors, yep. uh, two-tiered, uh, uh, actually three-tiered uh, glass uh, windows to the side. Uh, and, and at least in the state of Texas, there's no air conditioning. Right. Some of those windows were busted out so they could get air in there. and uh, Just so they could have ventilation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, 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 we got up there and we started ministering. And I, I, I still remember this today is that, uh, man, I poured my heart out to that first inmate. All right. And uh, got to the point to uh, ask him if he would like to ask Jesus to come into his life. And he said no. And I, I'm telling you, J. Dan, the cell, the wind of my cell just, it yeah. dropped. And uh, fortunate enough, we have uh, captains, and he heard the conversation, He and he tapped me on the shoulder and just said this, Brian, you're doing a great job. Just go on to the next person. And the, the entire time I was doing this, uh, I kept looking at a guy in front of me, and he had a mirror that he was holding outside of the cell and right. he was listening and watching this whole conversation for those of you who don't know that's how you see what's going on down the hall you take your mirror and stick it out of the bars that way you can see you know things down the hall and who who you're talking to or who's talking or whatever so yeah and so, so he was watching you yeah and i walked up to him and uh i started ministering and he said uh you don't understand what I did, and he committed a murder. And I don't, I, I don't ask a person what they did, but he, he told me what happened, and he didn't for, he didn't think that he could be forgiven. Hmm. But First John one nine says, if we confess our sins, he, being God, is just and faithful. and faithful to forgive us of all of our sins. And so I ministered to that. He received his forgiveness, and at the end, I said would you like to ask Jesus to come into your life as Lord and Savior? And he said, yes. Wow. And and here's the thing that marked me. It it, it literally changed me. Now, uh, I've been a Christian since uh, I was in fifth grade. My mom went to a Bible study, uh, came home, radically changed. The next morning she shared uh, Jesus with us. We got born again, lived a great life. But I'm telling you, this day when this happened, when he said, Jesus come into my life. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I literally saw Jesus wow. come through the glass and go right into him. And it changed me. I, I just said, I don't know how to do this, but I'm supposed to be doing this. Uh, and uh, ended up following a, a time where uh, we were ministering in jail, ministering in prison, ministering with Mike Barber Ministries, and uh so still... so in that moment that was when kenneth went in right yes so that was just you coming in for the first time um but your journey didn't stop there your journey led you to uh actually working with mike barber at yeah. the time right and so um you know that was 93 and then for seven years uh i volunteered with him and i can count on my hands how many times i missed i didn't i wow. was i was always there i'd take my vacation time i'd schedule around everything I, uh, I could do to be with them and help them. And uh, when I did come on staff with uh, my Barber Ministries, basically I knew everything about the ministry. Yeah, and I yeah. was able to walk in there and just hit the ground running and uh, talk about a, a great, I mean, you know, I, I, I tell people I would not want to do prison ministry without knowing what Mike has learned and what he's taught yeah. because he really has a heart for inmates. He has such a structure to help others and and hundreds of people he's helped get into prison ministry yeah. and uh not only his ministry but others doing the same thing and talk about a blessing um but uh, you know uh, uh prison ministry has has been in my heart and uh, uh there was a transition where the ministry was up here in the metroplex but then moved down to houston and uh, at that point in time uh it uh um, there was a transition where I came on staff here at the church, and uh, basically um, uh, the things that I was doing as a volunteer with Mike and the church 
the staff asked me to become the outreach pastor. Okay. And so uh, I've been on staff here now for six years as outreach pastor. And uh, when when I was talking to uh, our lead pastors, uh, Pastor George and Terry Pearsons, I said, pastors, there's two things in my heart that I mean, I just can't let go of. And one of those is prison, and the other one was helping the youth, yeah. uh, which we call super kids. And um, uh, both of those were huge, and I didn't see how um, I could do what I wanted to do with those areas that was in my heart. And they just simply said, we're not asking you to. And so they have allowed us to continue to do work in prisons, help the youth, and not only that, a lot of other things that we do yeah. here um, on, 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 on a church basis. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I've, I, even, even when you came on staff here at, at uh, Kenneth Copeland's place, I, I still saw you uh, on the weekends, on some weekends. So uh, I'm glad. Uh, I know one day they're going to get started back up with taking the counselors back in. And, and uh, that really, that really, so many people, you know, because I went in with them a lot as well. And uh, I've just loved what he's been doing for a long time. And as soon as I was able to go back in when I got out, I asked him to go in. And and, uh, and I just love it. Love what he does. Uh, I tell people that there's there's not too many people out here that haven't messed up, that haven't had to be in prison, that have a heart to see people in prison change, uh, right. like, like Mike Barber's is. So, um, well, let's talk about what, what do you do here? Yeah, so being the outreach pastor, um, basically, if it's um, outreach, we do it. From missions to homeless, uh, in, inside of homeless, uh, we have different um, aspects of that where uh, we, we go out in the streets and minister to the homeless, or we're in a community ministering, like today was Thursday. Every Thursday, we're at Life Unlimited, uh, which uh, we get to... Uh, minister the gospel to them and then uh, feed them uh, or send them away with groceries. Now tell everybody what Life Unlimited is. Okay, so Life Unlimited is um, a partnering church, a uh, ministry that is, uh, with Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and Linda Wright actually goes to church here. And so over 23 years ago, the Lord spoke to them saying, I want you to come off the road. I want you to um, start serving this community, feeding them. But the most important thing was I want you to preach the Word of God first to them, uh, not be like a, a normal um, food distribution, just give them food. Right. But uh, give them the Word first and then give them uh, uh, groceries afterwards. And so we get the honor of doing that every Thursday. Wow. Um, and then... Uh, we're, we're on the streets. Um, we've got teams that go out on Fridays. We've got teams that go out on Saturdays. Um, uh, we get to um, have a group called Overcomers. Uh, really, uh, when you think of Overcomers, sometimes you think drugs or you think alcohol, but this is not the case. Uh, if there's any type of stronghold at all in your life, uh, this group comes together over the Word of God and we yeah. allow the Word to I mean, to there's so much you. more that we need to overcome. Uh, than just drugs and alcohol and all that. Yeah, any type of stronghold that keeps you coming from coming into the presence of God and, and really being true, like it says in Romans 8, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Right. Uh, it's, it's knowing that truth that, uh, that does set you free. Um, it's, uh, it's important to put the Word of God in your life uh, and make it first and final authority. Um, and, and that's really, uh, for us this year, is to put a priority on the Word of God. And uh, uh, in doing that, um, uh, a lot of people don't realize how important that God's Word in your life uh, plays a role in not only um, what you do on a daily basis, but overcoming um, your past. Uh, you know, when we look at Romans 12, it says to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Well, the only way that that can happen is if your mind is renewed. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, J. Dan, when you asked me to do this, um, I'm really believing that the ones that are listening to this, not only in prison, but outside of prison, but more importantly, um, if you're in prison right now, I, I believe there's a strong anointing to um, 
whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, to be set free. And not only that, but as a result of that, your families yes. being touched. You know, your decisions that you make in prison do make a difference. And and I just reminded of an acts and the story of, about Paul and Silas being in prison for preaching the gospel. And uh, uh, we know the story, maybe you haven't heard it, but as a result of it, it got the attention of all the inmates in that prison. And they came in and they started praising God and the walls of that prison came down. Yeah. And the jailer realized that, oh my gosh, you know, uh, these people that I've been entrusted to, to keep incarcerated are gone. And, and Paul said, no, we're all here. And which is really, when you think about it, it's an amazing feat yeah. um, that every one of them would still be there. But what happened was, is they found themselves in the presence of God, and they didn't want to leave that, even knowing that it kept them in the place that they held, were held captive. But the result of that was, is not only did they experience the presence of God, but the jailer got saved and his family. And when one comes to the Lord, the whole family comes to the Lord. And that's so, it's why it's so important. You know, a lot of people say, well, I don't know, I don't need Jesus in prison or jail, but you do because of the impact that it has on your entire family. You know, and, and what I try to tell people is sometimes what we go through out here can feel like a prison experience. The trials we go through, the, um, the, you know, we can be in a financial prison. We can be in an emotional prison, a relational prison. All these things, we could just be going through a, a temporary prison where it's just a trial that's just came a storm of life that came our way. And what I learned while I was actually in prison about how I do my trials out here now is that people are watching. People are watching. I had a, a, a correction officer coming to me when I was at the Lockhart unit, and he said, Gum, come here. And he didn't call me gum. I mean, he called me gum, but he didn't call me offender. So I knew that I wasn't in trouble, yeah. you know. And uh, he kind of pulled me off to the side a little bit because I don't know if he wanted other people to see uh, him talking to me like other correction officers see him talking to me. Right. But he got real personal. And he said, hey, the first question was, how come you smile all the time? Yeah. And what that told me was he's watching me. Yeah. This correction officer only knows that I'm smiling all the time because he's watching me all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I start thinking about, man, how am I acting? <laughs> what am I doing that, you know, that, that he could find that may not point to Jesus, you know? Yeah. Um, but he found my smile. And then I was able to tell him why I smile all the time and, and about the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so I want to be strong. And even when I'm not strong, I can draw on the joy of the Lord and find strength. Yeah, and you know, this is, I mean, when you think about um, when people see Jesus because of your actions, to me, that's one of the greatest attributes that we could do. Yeah. I mean, yes, we can preach the gospel, but when they see it in you, I mean, that, that makes a, a huge difference. It, you know, just a smile, how, how you act, your, your character. And, uh, you know, going into this, um, I, I, I've just got a heart for everyone that's listening right now. And uh, if you allow the Spirit of God to minister to you, um, I, I know He is going to do something in your life even right now. Mm -hmm. And sometimes tests, when they come and they do, um, the devil likes to use pile-on effects. And he'll keep piling on and piling on to where the pressure uh, gets to be so much that you can't, you can't handle it and you fall. And uh, you got to realize that um, with with God, that's not His way. Yeah, He says that my burden is easy, my yoke is light, and and uh, um, you know when you, when you face uh, you know, and I say a testimony because that's the end result of a test. Uh, a testimony doesn't become a testimony until there is a test, and the money part of that is is I get to testify now. Yeah what God has done in my life and how he's helped me through that situation. And, uh, you know, sometimes um, 
uh, when we're in the heat of the battle, we don't always see the outcome, but what it requires is faith. It requires faith and trusting in God. There's a, a, a preacher that says this, you don't have any problems, all you need is faith in God. And when, when you are going through situations or dealing with things, and, and, and really I'm, I'm just sensing that there's a, a person in prison right now that the weight of your sentence is so heavy on you. Listen, that sentence will be over soon. Uh, it'll seem like yesterday, but it'll seem like an eternity, and you'll be out. You just got to keep loving God, serving Him, and... Uh, you know, there's one thing that uh, if you've been around uh, my barber ministries, uh, there's a, a minister, Pete Williams. And one of the things he used to say all the time uh, when people would ask him, when are you getting out? He would say, any day now. And it happened in his life. He should have never got out. What am I saying in this? Get the word of God in your life. Speak it. Speak it, speak it, speak it. When the situations, when you start thinking about contrary to what that word says no speak the word of god allow that to come out of you because what what happens is is building faith yeah we know that because the word of god says that faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of god and so if that's you no matter especially your sentence or what you're dealing with you know um uh, the greatest thing that we could give you today is the word of god yeah. because god's word and god himself are in, inseparable they are the same you know, in fact, the Word of God says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And, and that's the very gift that He gives us, is His Word, His promises. And so, uh, I say this, is, and then especially something that Gloria Copeland says, that one word from God can change your life forever. And so I believe uh, in, in that Word, in your prayer, you're, you're one prayer away from your answer. And it manifests in your life. So uh, you don't lose until unless you quit. Yeah. And uh, uh, with the Word of God, we don't have to quit. We just keep uh, in faith, keep uh, applying uh, the Word of God, and we see things happen. We see the results happen every time. And uh, uh, I, you know, I, I know you um, and some of your 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 testimony. But uh, Jay Dan, was there a point in time in your life? When you were in prison and you were thinking, uh, you know, my life is over. I've, I've thrown it away. Um, how, how did you personally deal with that when you were in that situation? Yeah, you know, there's two different dis distinct times. One before Christ and then one even after I came to know him uh, and, and like I've never known him before. And uh, one was the day that I got into the fight. It was just a few months into prison, and I got locked up in ADSEG, solitary confinement. And the fight that led me there wasn't a whole lot of hitting. He hit me once, and then I got him on the ground. He, I hit him a couple times. The field bosses, we were out in the host squad. The field bosses, uh, kept six trucks came out of nowhere with guns pointed on us. So the fight didn't last long. But what lasted longer were all the words that I said to this human being. I said things that men wow. men don't want to hear. I said things he was a black gentleman. I said things racial to him. Things that have never even entered my head or heart in my life. Wow. But because I was rejecting God so much in that in that part of my life, I opened myself up 100% to the devil and his tools. So he began to use racial uh the race card, the race tool mm -hmm. to get me to to have my heart grow harder. And the things that I said to him, not only, I mean, even before, even before I really had the encounter in that first day in SEG, just laying there knowing all that I've done in my past, the five DWIs, the public intoxications, the unlawfully carrying a weapon, all that. Oh, I got to stop you. Five D DWIs. Yes. Because I know the fourth one, you were supposed to get out. I think people yep. need to hear this. Yep. Okay, so you you were looking at your fourth one, and they, then they called me, and the lawyer called me and said, "You're gonna get this. I'm gonna get this fourth one dismissed." And so I'm like, "Great, awesome!" So I go out that night to celebrate that, and that's the night I get my fifth DWI. And then she said, "There's nothing I can do now, but if if we if we go to trial on this fourth one like we were and gonna get dismissed, 
The fifth one's going to come up. The third one's going to come up. The second one's going to come up. They're going to throw the book at you on this fifth one. So you're, there's no way I can help you on the fourth one now. And yeah. so, and it's uh, sad because I truly wasn't drunk that night, you know, but it's on my record because of all the other stuff. So, uh, but you know, I'm laying there and it's all chair confinement and I'm going over all the stuff that I've done that I feel and know yeah. that disqualifies me from really doing anything more in the kingdom of God. But none of that, all that long list, 14 page rap sheet, none of it compared to the, the heaviness with yeah. what I felt from the words that I said to this other human being that Jesus Christ died for. Mm-hmm. That was the lowest. I used to, I used to, I used to drive for an escort service. I used to drive ladies that were selling their bodies around, selling them drugs and driving around. That wasn't even the lowest. The lowest part of my life was when I was looking at this other human being wow. and saying these vile things to him, knowing that that I know that Jesus Christ died for me and him. And and that just, the weight of that was just like, there's no way God can, after saying those things, there's no way that God wants to use me for anything and that then I can even be beneficial in the kingdom anymore. Yeah. And, and I- it was later that night, when the Holy Spirit, about 10 p.m. was when the Holy Spirit just filled the room. And I began crying, mm-hmm. crying uncontrollably. Tried to stop, couldn't stop. And that's just when the, the verses, you know, his gifts and callings are without repentance, are irrevocable. He hasn't changed his mind. He still has use for you in the kingdom. No matter what you've done or said, you haven't done enough or said enough to disqualify you from being used for the kingdom of God. Yeah, and I, I really, I'm glad you shared this because, I, you know, I, in my spirit, I sense today or whenever you're listening to that, that heaviness that you're dealing with right now, the Lord wants to take that off of you. And and if you're listening, not only to what uh, J. Dan and myself are saying, but listening to what God is saying to you right yeah, now, yeah, is, is he wants to take that out. In fact, I, I feel really strong that I need to pray over you. And uh, um, Lord, I just lift up everyone that's listening in this yes. podcast right now. And Lord, I thank you that, uh, uh, first of all, they realize how much you love them and how much you yes. care for them. And Lord, you, you sent your son to pay an ultimate price so that they could be free from that, the heaviness, the burden of that. And Lord, even to the effect of the impact that it's had on their families and even a family member listening to this, Lord, I thank you that a peace comes on them yes. right now, just as that day it came on Jadan that evening, where the Holy Spirit came in and just settled a true, uh, a true repentance and a turning towards God. That's what He simply asks you to do. You know, when we mess up, He doesn't want you to run from Him; He mm. wants you to run to Him. Mm. And and right now, I just thank you that you are helping those individuals in this situation yes. and causing a change to take place that allows them to come closer and closer to God. And Lord, we just give you praise and glory for that in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. And so, you know... Um, well, let me tell you about the other time. Oh, yeah. So then I, at that point, man, I, I my life was turned around, mentoring people for a year, year and a half. Uh, they get out, or I, I became mentored for about a year, year and a half. Then I began mentoring people. Then I get out. And I'm on fire for God more than I've ever been. Got refilled with the Holy Spirit in prison. I mean, just I'm on fire. And then I get out and God shows me the person I'm going to marry. And then the back, the spiritual background check yeah. from the devil comes in. The mind game. And he's like, you don't deserve no her. Nope. She didn't, she, she didn't, you know, what? she didn't deserve you, you know. And just, I mean, I was so, at that point, I'm like, all right, at some point, I'm going to have to share everything I've ever done. If this is the woman you have for me, God, and he was pretty clear about it. You know, uh, I prayed in prison. I said, you know, I I was going to commit as a single man. And he said, no, don't pray that prayer. I have someone set aside for you. So when I got out the next day, he said, there she is. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and it was just like, Everything that I'd ever done came up again in my mind and my yeah. heart saying she's not gonna she's not gonna be okay with being married to somebody that's done all these things. And so, I mean, it was probably about three or four months out of out of prison. I just asked permission from her dad to take her out on a date. And I shared because something the pastor said, 
he said, the greatest need of, of all of us, of human humankind, is to be fully known and fully loved. Mm. And so I needed her to fully know me, even though she we'd known each other forever. Right. She she didn't know all of me, and I needed her to fully know all of me, and give her the chance to fully love me. And um, and man, it was tough. It was tough saying it to her. It was tough for her to hear it. We cried together. I told her I got a son out there that I've never met before. Mm. Are you going to be okay with that? You know. And and now he's he's twenty two, and she loves him, and he loves us, and and uh, you know, and so. But yeah, that was those were the two times where I just felt like the the heaviness of of what I've done has disqualified me disqualified me from something in the kingdom of God. So, you were doing a back check on yourself, a background check on myself. Yep, and you disqualified yourself. But were you? <laughs> I wasn't. No, no. Grace somehow grace Absolutely. levels the playing field. Yes, it somehow and one of one of my pastors came up to me. Because he had said, he came to me, he goes, she was working as his assistant at the time. And he said, hey, I just want you to know, I'm not saying don't, but the person you're wanting to date, just make sure, just be careful because she means a lot to a lot of people around here. And that's when I said to him, I'm like, I don't know if I even deserve her or not. And then then I just left the altar. Well, he came and found me. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, I have a word for you from God. God sees you. As a spiritual virgin, now, I didn't even tell him that that's the part because Jesse was a virgin when yeah. we when we married. I didn't even tell him that was the part that was weighing heavy heavy on me because I've given myself over to lots of women. I gave her the number that I think was pretty close, mm-hmm. but a lot, and she has saved herself for one yeah. person. Yeah, and God chose me to be that one person, and and He said, God sees you as a spiritual virgin. You, he said, he wants you to know that you deserve Jessamy, and because of his grace, she deserves you. Yeah. And so I was just like, wow, you know. And that's I tell people that all the time, you know. Grace, grace levels the playing field. I don't know. I can't explain it. Yeah. You can't explain grace. Well, the word of God says, "Where sins abound, my grace much more abounds." And so, so truly said is that God's grace will level the playing field it will carry you through every situation uh i've seen you with your family your wife uh without a doubt uh you love your family and uh as much as you love ministry um you've got a beautiful family and uh, you truly are a gift to them and it's amazing to see you uh, operate in that uh, as a father as a husband today and uh, it, it is because of God's grace. Yeah. And that's the testimony of it. Um, if we allow our background to stop us from what God has for us, if we do it, see, that's what we need to realize. The enemy will try to, but he can't. Right. Only we can. Only we can stop ourselves from succeeding and doing what God has for us to do. And really, all God wants is our yes. Yep. And once we determine that in our heart and give them our yes, then it's over. It's a matter of making that quality decision up front and doing what he asks us to do. And and once we do, then everything that he asks for us is going to happen. Yeah. And uh, you know, you, and you're right. Sometimes we can talk ourselves out of out of things that God has promised us. In prison, when he said, when he said, "I have someone set aside for you," what I had told him was was I don't want to get distracted by a relationship. I know you want me to do all these things. I'm going to build the ministry without distraction. And then then I just added, plus no woman deserves my baggage anyway. Yeah. And he said to me, she's not going to have someone set aside for you. She's not going to distract you from the ministry. She's going to help you build it, which Jessamy has. And she then has. he said, and then he said, he said, she's not going to see your past as baggage. She's going to see it as leverage to advance the kingdom of God through your testimony. Yeah. You know, and even the testimony of us two being together, you know, that's a that's a miracle and testimony in itself yeah. that God still has the best for you. And and that best for you, for her, for Jessamy, that best for her looked like a guy coming out of prison, transformed by the power of the blood of Jesus, you know. And, uh, and for me, it, it looked like Jessamy. And so, 
Um, I want to I want to shift gears back to to KCM Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Talk about the impact that that he and the ministry has had on the uh, incarceration. You know uh, the the people that have been impacted by incarceration. Yeah. So um, there was a point in time where um, you know, and this is one thing I love about uh, Brother Copeland is that uh, his partnership. And uh, there, there's more to partnership than financially. Um, uh, there is thousands of inmates that are partners with Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And uh, really, a lot of them, all they can offer is prayer. And that's very important. We pray about everything in this ministry. Uh, but when he started partnership with inmates, that partnership means that whatever I have is yours. And one of those things he he did have was the Word of God, yeah. and he's he has sent thousands and thousands of, of many books and material into the prison. You know, one of the, one of the greatest things that he sends into prison is the faith to faith. Uh, if you don't have that, uh, ask your chaplain. Uh, he, uh, there's probably one in the prison. Yeah, but it's a daily devotion. Yeah, and uh, there was one, and I was on five different units, and there was one on every unit. So. Yeah, and in that daily devotion, even though you may have read this for 10 years, uh, the Lord will work through that scripture or that testimony and bring things to light, and you'll see things uh, every time as you read that. Uh, you know, uh, really summarizes that as Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And uh, I know other ministries... Um, uh, send things into prison, uh, send people, um, uh, but yet it's the Word of God that they yeah. put into these prisons. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, on Sundays we uh, uh, do another uh, homeless event, and a person came up to me and says, do you have one of those devotions? Um, I forget the name of it. And then I said, you mean one of these faith-to-face? Yes, and he said, I had this in prison, and it meant so much to me. That's so cool. And um, uh, they know uh, this ministry blesses uh, thousands of inmates with the Word of God, and that's uh, it's changing lives. Yeah, and and I know the uh, they they built a uh, chapel at the Hughes unit, and uh, and I've been in lots of services there, and I know that uh, that 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 chapel has impacted many lives for the kingdom. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, I don't know if you remember, we the last time I went into the youth unit was with Mike Barber Ministries, and there was a basketball tournament going on that weekend, mm-hmm. ran by an inmate named Chaz Roberts, and 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 he talked the warden into letting him do it. It's a faith based basketball tournament, so what he meant by that was like after every game, the guys had to come into a room and hear some word as they recovered. So they called yeah. it the recovery room. Uh-huh. So in there you're recovering every situation, drink, snacks, and spiritual stuff. Uh, Chaz didn't allow cussing, but he brought some San Antonio Spurs, Baylor Bears into the whole thing. They played against the inmates. You know, it was a tournament playing against the inmates. And uh, and, it, and it was so cool uh, to do that. Chaz also got together a, a CrossFit thing at the Hughes unit. Uh, so the reason I'm telling you that is because, man, I don't even know if I know Mike knows his impact, but it's probably bigger than he even thinks. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you've impacted a lot of inmates by one-on-one talking to them and stuff over the years, but it's still probably bigger than you think because how many people that you impacted did they go impact and then did they go impact? And, um, you know, I think, I think Mike Barber ministries and what he's done throughout the years has uh, sparked some turnaround on on a lot of the units, yeah. And uh, and you know wh- whether you want to call it revival or whatever, you know I tell people um, revival's happening in prison right now, and uh, there's some units right now that I walk into and I'm like, wow, you feel the presence of God sometimes more than on a Sunday morning service at, at church, and um, but what would you say to somebody who? still thinks that that God is calling them to prison ministry, you know, just to, to serve another ministry or to go in somehow, what would you say to them uh, to, to kind of help them spur, spur them on and say, come on, what are you waiting on? You know, and maybe they have some 
maybe they're reluctant some has some hesitation you know uh, i don't have anything in common with these people you know what do i say you know uh i mean i remember when i took jessamy in for the first time and in the hotel room she started bawling I'm like are you okay she's like i feel so inadequate right now and i'm like why i mean this girl was a missionary for three years in thailand she did so many things, smuggled things into the country for Jesus and all this stuff. Yeah. And here she is going into prison for the first time and she feels inadequate. Right. And so I know it was the devil just, just attacking her. So I'm sure there's other people out there like that. They're just, you know, think they want to get in prison ministry, but they just feel held back. Speak to them, yeah. encourage them. So um, I'm, I'm going to go right to the word of God in Matthew 28:19. It says, go ye therefore... And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Okay, the key in this whole phrase is go, go ye, go you. And so, um, if you if you have that on the inside of you, um, you know who who you are because you sense it right in your spirit right now. J. Dan, uh, he heard the word go. I heard it in 1993 when Pastor George said. Uh, I need some men to go do this. And at the time, I elbowed my wife, and I said, I'm supposed to go do this. She said, well, go. And coming out of that, within two weeks, and this is unheard of, I found myself ministering in a Tarrant County Jail and ministering in a prison. Uh, and as a result of that, uh, that prison got turned over to me, and we were there every Sunday for five years straight, wow. um, simply because I said yes. Um, and so sometimes you need to realize this is God doesn't need your ability. All right. And, and just as you said a minute ago, sometimes you feel adequate, you're not qualified, you're not trained, whatever. He just needs your availability. Yep. He just needs you. And uh, the other thing I'm reminded of is, is what he said in Matthew 25. And, and to me, this is, this is the action words to when Jesus says go and how do you do this and and it could be many ways but in this he says I was hungry and you came and gave me meat I was thirsty and you came and gave me drink I was a stranger and you took me in I was naked and you clothed me I was sick and you visited me I was in prison and you came unto me and every time we go into prison I I I, I know that Jesus is going to be there and so um, you put action to that going by what it does here. Yeah. This is this right here is to me uh, the action to the go. Yeah. All these all these steps right here is is how we do it. But if you're called to prison, then go hook up with other ministries. Hook up with my Barber Ministries. Go to your local jail. God will open up those doors. He's done it for Jaden. He's done it for myself, and uh, he will give you the opportunity to minister inside of that or any other ministry that you may be called to do no matter what it is. I always say this. I like to find out what is in the hearts of people. And because I know that if God's placed that in them, the desire in that area, then I try to help them yeah. cultivate that yeah. so they can do what God has asked them to do. And so if you don't have somebody, go to your pastor, go to a mentor, get discipled in yourself. You, you know, uh, maybe you don't know what the next steps are. I didn't know. So I yeah. went to the director of prison that was here at Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And I said, hey, I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. And he said, fill out these applications. And in two weeks, I found myself ministering in, in the jail and a prison. And so I think really the key is go. I think the key is to do what God says to yeah. do and uh, uh, be obedient. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So uh, what if somebody's out here in the Fort Worth area, near Fort Worth, whatever, and, and they, they want to get involved in the outreaches that KCM does? Is that possible for yeah, somebody that has a heart to do that? Absolutely. And, and all, all our events are posted at emic.org uh, slash events. Okay. And uh, we post the activities that we're doing from the streets, the homeless, um, nursing homes, uh, all, all the different activities that we do, uh, absolutely, you can you can get involved through that. Every, every bit of it's. We'll available. put the website on the show notes. Um, so so if you if you live out anywhere near the Fort Worth, or if you want to travel and come to one of the events, just uh, come on out. Brian's Brian's a, a great event leader, and uh, he has a heart for everybody. Uh, he just has a heart for everybody. I've never met anybody that just seems to 
have a heart to love everybody as much as as, as you, Brian. So I want to thank you because I know you you were always there. You know, um, you were always there, man. Uh, whenever I went to prisons, and so um, you were an encouragement to me too. So thank you for all you've done over the years. And J. Dan, to see you and your ministry, um, you know, lots of times uh, people don't see the results uh, with your uh, home that you have, uh, the lives that you changed, uh, even uh, before you got here today. Hey, I need to swing by uh, a facility to give a, a man some clothing that just got out of prison. Um, we're we're, we're ministry-minded, we're kingdom-minded, always trying to help others. And uh, people don't always see the blessing that you are uh, um, trying to strive to the next level to help these individuals get out of prison, uh, to get their their uh, lives back in order. And, and one of the major things that they deal with is housing, employment, transportation, and uh, uh, forgiven felons. And, and what you do with your home helps them with all that. And uh, I can't thank you enough for the blessing that you are to so many. Uh, we've got a lot of friends that uh, we met in prison. Uh, um, and not only that, there's been times that say, hey, I've got this person coming out. And they said, well, send them over to my place. I'll take them in. And uh, uh, not only that, there's been people that have messed up and uh, walked away and come back. And uh, uh, you've given them a second chance yeah. and forgiven them and always trying to help. And yeah. so... Uh, your your ministries. Well, you've inspired me, Brian, because you you definitely have. We have some mutual friends that have walked away and come back and walked away and come back and and uh, you know dealing with as many of the guys I do coming out of prison. Sometimes I can I can become desensitized and just not want to deal with it and say, hey, if this is the way you need to act when you're here, if not, get out of here. And uh, but you know to see to see your ability to just say, okay, seventy times seven, you know, seventy yeah. times seven. And, uh, and, and, and you would probably go past 490 if you had to. Uh, so you've inspired me, man, just to, just to say, look, no matter how many times it takes, it, that could be the time. Absolutely. What if we say no, and that could be the time that turns somebody, somebody's life around. Lots so. of times, uh, to minister to a person, you gotta, you have to meet them where they're at. And, uh, uh, that's easy because Jesus was there. Yeah. And uh, he can help them through that situation. And even you today, I, I want to turn this back to our, our viewing, our viewing, our, our listening audience today. And uh, no matter where you're at, I, I want you to just to draw upon God's love and his mercy and his grace that he has for you to help you. And uh, he will truly do that. Uh, no matter what you're going through, there is an answer. There's a solution. That solution is him. And all you have to do is uh, uh, reach out your hand to him, and he will he will be there every time. Amen. Every time. Yeah. Every time. I know that for a fact. Yep. Well, Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, just share your prison journey with with everybody. You know, uh, we like to get volunteers on here too, and and people that you know haven't been in prison but have but have been in prison, and uh, you know we love to hear the perspective of people that go into the least of these and uh you've been doing it for a long time and i, I want to personally say thank you for all you've done for the kingdom amen it's been my honor all right blessing you too all right man i just love brian and his heart and it was a great it was a good uh it was a good interview and i like how he turned you like how he turned it back on me that's how you know how good friends we are he just turns it back on me and uh but i want to thank you brian again once again for your time and and we want to lift Brian, his family, and KCM and EMI up in uh, in prayer. And so I hope I hope if you're listening and you heard him speak directly to you, whether you're in prison, out of prison, um, I hope those words he spoke and the prayers he prayed were for you. I hope you listened to him. Let's lift him up in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for uh, Brian Sanders, his family, Sembra, and his, his kids. And Lord, I just pray blessings over them. I thank you that all these years, the whole life that he has poured back into people, uh, homeless, prison, everything, Lord, um, I pray that you somehow financially, time-wise, health-wise, pour it back on him and his family. 
abundantly above, exceedingly abundantly above all that he can think or imagine. Lord, I thank you for KCM and all they've done uh, for the incarcerated uh, industry, Lord, and uh, not industry, but uh, individuals, Lord, and units all over all over Texas, Lord. And I thank you for those devotionals, the faith to faith that that they they produce that changed lives as well. Lord, I thank you for the footprint of KCM. I thank you for the footprint of Brian Sanders through KCM, EMI, and Mike Barber Ministries. We also lift up Mike Barber Ministries. Lord, we pray that you continue to open doors for them and, uh, and and take them to levels they've never experienced in your kingdom. Lord, we thank you once again for Brian. We, we bless him with, we speak health, life, financial, uh, whatever breakthroughs he and his family and the outreaches that they do need. Uh, Lord, we lift up the listener to you today. Lord, Brian spoke to a couple of different listeners and we ask you to do a work in their life. Do touch them right now where they are. Speak to them. Let them have an encounter with you that changes their way. They they walk away. They they get up differently than 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 when it started. Thank you, Lord. We get we ask all these things in your name. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday on background check in. Hey, listen. If you ever uh, notice that, make sure you hit refresh on on your tablet so you can get all the latest. You know, um, if you're out here in the world, make sure you hit follow on Spotify. Subscribe on apple and and all the other ones subscribe so you don't miss any you know things um any episodes background check-ins full episodes and uh if you want to leave us a review uh, on apple if you can i think there's a way to interact with listeners on spotify now so uh, listen if you're out here shoot us a text tell us how uh, the show's impacted you if you're in prison and you get out contact us you know we want to either get your story on here or or get you a, a testimony showing that your your life was impacted by maybe an episode or two or whatever. All right. Thank y'all for listening. We couldn't do this without you. It, would, it wouldn't be the same if you were you weren't listening and y'all are. Uh what's up India? What's up Australia? What's up Brazil? What's up uh, Canada? Um we hear you, man. We we hear you or we see you listening and we thank you. Spread the word. All right. Y'all have a great week and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check podcast brought to you by Forgiven Felons helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.